Welcome back to the Breakside Podcast, here for episode 38. This is your ultimate destination for in-depth, collegiate, professional, Frisbee discussions and interviews. I'm your host, David Adamitis. This episode's guest is coming off a great year of Frisbee, where he has won gold at the USAU's championship with Truck Stop, and gold with the USA's U24 team at World Championships. He now takes on the college season playing for Brown University, introducing Jacques Nissen. Jacques, thanks for being here. How you doing? Thanks for having me, David. I'm doing great. This is awesome. Very exciting. We're kind of getting to the really exciting part of college Frisbee. We're in the spring semester now, and tournaments are starting to ramp up. I'm thinking back to my own college days, how exciting, how fun it was. The the guys are getting excited. The atmosphere at practice is awesome. Yeah. So just fill me in. What's going on with the Brown Frisbee team? Where are you at this point in the semester? So we just finished our first tournament of the college spring season. We went down to Florida for Florida warm-up, a three-day tournament, and came in second. So uh, good showing by the team. In the past, we'd won this tournament in 2022. And then 2023, we had a, a down year, at least at Flowo, um, missed the bracket. So it was good to uh, get back in the bracket, have, you know, meaningful games on Sunday. Um, and we played a, a lot of close games throughout the weekend. So a lot of good rush to the team. That's exciting. Coming in second, it's a strong way to start the yeah. season. Obviously, we always want to get first, but we'll take second as mm-hmm. well. Do you have yeah. any takeaways from the tournament? What you see with the guys, what you like mm-hmm. out there? Uh, I think we executed a lot of the stuff we were looking to. Obviously, early season tournament, we don't have all of our structures or all of our like lines set yet. Um, so we really want to experiment with a couple different lines, people in different roles, and experiment with some um, fundamental skills that we want to build. Um, you know, our defense and offensive around. So we had like you know a couple key like bullet points that we you know said to the team like let's work on this, this, and this. And uh, I think we did that. It's also great to play against a variety of offenses, like at every tournament, but especially at Florida. We played teams from, we got games against Carleton and Minnesota um, from the North Central, um, and they kind of, you know, spread it out against us through some more deep balls than, than maybe we do at practice. So good to get experience against that. Um, but really, I think the biggest, you know, benefit of Florida is it go, you go from spending three days in the Providence cold to three days in the Florida warm weather. And especially when, you know, people on the team hadn't experienced like a true college regular season tournament yet, that really brings brings the vibes like immediately. And all of a sudden it becomes clear why you're spending, you know, 10 hours of your week in the cold practicing. Um, it really, you know, it comes to light once you enter a tournament like Flowo. Oh, exactly. It builds, it gives you the reason why you put all that work in, just what you're saying. And, and I think too, it makes it really real and it shows that there is a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes yep. to regionals. Like this is when it really starts. So really exciting that you guys had a great amount of takeaways from this tournament. It seems like it puts you guys in a really good start of this spring semester. And I was checking you guys out in a recent UltiWorld article and their power rankings for the D1 college scene of frisbee and it has you currently ranked third which is a pretty exciting way to start start the season ulti world having you ranked so high do you feel that there's a certain level of pressure you come in the season with high anticipation you're a senior i'm sure you want to bring home some some hardware for your team do you feel a certain level of anticipation or pressure coming into this season uh a little bit i would be lying if i said i didn't um i think since my you know, 
even last year, um, I felt pressure to, to win. Um, but I always knew in the back of my mind, like, there's always next year. And, like, we're going to be returning a lot of our key pieces for next year. So, um, you know, all's not lost if we don't win. And we ended up losing in quarters. And now that really is, you know, it's the last go round. Um, me and my fellow fifth years and seniors, um, you know, it's our last time, you know, around the sun in college. Uh, so trying to make the most out of it. Um, I guess I've become, you know, used to, you know, ultra world ranking us highly or having high seeds at tournaments and dealing with that. So it's not necessarily the, the high rankings or the high expectations like externally that give me pressure, but rather it's more, I think, internal and knowing that like, I don't want to leave this season with any regrets and like, you know, anytime you got one shot to do something, it, it builds a little pressure, but you know, it's good pressure. Absolutely. There's no regrets. And sometimes it means you don't quite win at all, but I think a big part of that is what can you give to the guys around you that seems to help in that idea. And if you can leave a mark on those, whether it's on the field, whether in relationships, like it's always such a wonderful, tangible thing to have. But like you said, there is a little bit of pressure. There is excitement built around that. And you do have a group of guys that's experienced, that's talented. In that same AltiWord article, they mentioned Leo Gordon in there. And I've checked out some of his stuff. Very talented. If you want to just talk about what it's like having him out there on your team, what would you say? Uh, Leo's great. I mean, definitely the guy that you um, definitely you want him on your team, probably more so so that you don't have to play against him because um, – playing against him sucks i think i'm one in one or no two and one maybe against leo lifetime now um like when we play against each other but those games are always tough so it's great to have him on our team because he's a tireless worker he'll run everywhere all over the field um and like he'll let you know when he's cooking you too so it's like um it brings me joy to see him having fun on the field like that um and he's a great source of energy for our entire team like you said he gives back to like he gives back to the team it's not just about himself he's always looking to bring others up with him and makes everyone around him better um definitely my most trusted target downfield and you know there's a, a security blanket there in the sense that if i don't like what i'm seeing i can always turn to leo and he'll get open every time and then you know rinse and repeat that's what it's all about love the teammates like that you can rely on on and off the field and it sounds like leo is that guy for you so it's awesome you have that duo of you two on that team and all those other really talented guys i'm sure another thing talking about this rankings here above you in in the power rankings were you know north carolina dark side umass zudisk another group of very talented teams that have done very well you could go on and on about unc dark side for sure but what's it like kind of with this level of excitement or build up about those teams. I'm sure you've played against them. You know the stories. You know how good they are. And you're going to have to play these teams eventually this season if you hope to win. So what's it like kind of thinking about these matchups with other top teams? Yeah. Um, I'd say for – definitely spent a lot of time thinking about UNC. We've been at national – all three nationals that I've been to, we've been eliminated by UNC, either in semis, quarters, or finals. Um, so we definitely think about our matchups with them a lot, but last year, the only reason we played UNC in quarters was because we lost a pool play game to UMass. So, um, you know, we, we didn't have to face UNC in quarters if we'd handle our business beforehand. So, um, UMass is certainly an opponent to, to, um, plan for and, and, and think about just as much as, as, as any other top opponent. Um, 
I'd expect them to be better than they were last year, uh, given that they returned most of their key pieces. Didn't get a chance to play them at Florida, but uh, we'll certainly play them later, either at Smoky Mountain or Easterns or, or during the series. Um, yeah, I guess right now I'm not really in the uh, individual team um, like game plan mode yet. I'm really mostly thinking about BMO and, and working internally to, to build our identity. Um, but I'm excited to rewatch, you know, UNC and UMass and other teams' games from, from these early season tournaments just so I can, you know, start to build that picture in my head of, of what they're going to look like come nationals and come the series. Absolutely. Right. It's, it's building up. It's thinking about what you're going to eventually have to do, but you can't play too far yeah. ahead. And yeah. you, you've mentioned this as well. You've been to nationals several times and looking back on some of those records, you've been on the cusp of it so close. You tied for third, you finished second, you tied for fifth. I don't bring these up to drive the dagger deeper, but <laughs> no. it, it shows like you guys are a very talented team. That's, that's right there. So coming from your standpoint as a leader on the team and, and trying to get these guys to that level, what are some things you're you're trying to get this team ready for? How do you get them ready for those matchups and hopefully bring bring it home this year? Um, that's a good question. Let's see. Um, I think we have the benefit as a team of having a lot of experience across the roster in big games. Um, I think I felt this a little bit with truck stop um, in our 2022 season when we lost in quarters in 2021, never really got over the hump. And then 2022, we had a great regular season um, and played well all through the bracket at nationals, beat Pony in semis. And then in the in the national final, we just kind of faltered a little bit, didn't play our best game. Bravo won um, like pretty handily. Um, and next year, Truck definitely learned from that experience and that kind of big game experience helped us prepare. So even when we went one and two in pool play in at 2023 Club Nationals, we certainly felt um, we like we still felt in control of our destiny and we came out one four straight games in the bracket. Um, so that personally was reassuring to me, just knowing that, you know, failures in previous nationals has no has no bearing on on future nationals in fact it might even prepare you more um so that kind of big game experience we have that up and down our roster so it doesn't need to necessarily need to be ex, uh, explicitly you know said but i know that it resides in in in, in all of our returners just you know those feelings of last year's nationals and losing in finals in 2022 yeah, but there's a lot of other preparation we can do to to be ready. I think we do a great job with our film analysis. Our coaching staff is incredible at at getting us in the right positions to succeed and at, you know, watching other teams so that, you know, maybe our guys don't have to. Maybe they can, you know, study for their exams while the coaches and the captains game plan and, and get ready for our opponents. Yeah, we just want to make sure we're preparing throughout the year. We don't want to save it all for, for April and May. So we're getting our film analysis started early. Um, and starting to look at these teams now just so we can, you know, paint that picture over the course of the whole year. Absolutely. You mentioned that experience. I think that, that says so much when the group of guys has that high level experience, you understand how to be calm in those intense situations. And you're someone who's been, you know, to the national stage, the championship stage. You mentioned in the intro that U24 team world championships, winning it all with truck stop. You've had those high level championship games. What would it mean to win at this level you've won at different stages what would it mean to bring home a college championship for you um i think 
for every ultimate player, the college level is, is held to like to a higher, you know, it's, 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 it's limited. You only have four years, I guess, maybe five or six these days um, in college. And so to win one of those years with a team full of your best friends, I think means more than any club or ADL or international title, at least in America. Just the amount of time that gets put into a college season is so much greater than a club season or a pro season. Um, and I think the, you know, the reward that you get from a championship is probably almost directly tied to the amount of work you put in to get there. And I can speak for BMO when I say that we've put in, I've put in way more hours with BMO than I have with truck or with breeze. Not that they're not that they don't deserve that amount of work, but you know, just over the course of the nine month academic season, there's so much, so many practices, so many film sessions, so many parties, so many hangouts, so many meals that, you know, they all build up to, to what hopefully amounts to a title. But even, not, even, even if it doesn't amount to a title, there's still, you know, plenty of good that happened uh, because of all that work. There's so much good when it comes when you have a group of guys, you're doing life with these guys, your teammates. And like you said, you're never going to have that same team dynamic as you have now where, you know, you go to a club, you go to AUDL or UFA, I guess you say. Um, mm, true. And you go to practices, but you're not doing meals. You're not doing those parties. You're not doing the hangout. It's different. So it is so special. Those times you ha do have in college, it's very, very special. And in the same vein of that, kind of a more fun question here. What have been some of your favorite memories playing for Brown and this group mm. of guys you have? I think each tournament um, brings a different um, like a different atmosphere. Um, a lot of it's based on just like where we're staying. One of my one moment I really liked was my first tournament or my second tournament with BMO ever was Classic City Classic in the fall in 2019 as a freshman. And um, we were staying at a friend's lake house, great spot. Um, and we get there, it's like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. on Friday night. And I want to go swim. I'm really excited to go swim. Everyone else is like, no, it's too cold, whatever. And me and Saul Ruschmeyer Bailey, um, captain at the time, um, graduated uh, a couple years before me. Uh, he also went out for a swim. And together, we just, you know, went out to the docks. Beautiful spot. Um, we swam from one spot to another with a towel over our heads to keep, us dry, or to keep it dry. Um, and I think it's just like little moments like that. Um, played uh, card games uh, in the train at 1 a.m. on our way back from Florida a couple days ago with the boys. Uh, and that was a blast. So I think it's often the, you know, the travel to tournaments, the, the hanging out at the hotels or Airbnbs, you know, after games. Um, that's usually where, where the fun happens. That's so special. It's, it's an incredible time. And the bond you form with those guys, it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier is what can you leave? What kind of mark can you make in those relationships? And those marks, I think, can last a lifetime. That's, that's really powerful. So obviously it sounds like you've had, a, you've had a wonderful experience so far with Brown. And obviously wishing you guys the best as you know as you continue this spring here. But I kind of move on and continue and kind of hit a little bit of your experience with Truck. Um, great group of guys there. I would love just to hear how did you get involved with the Truck community, the Truck team, and what's your experience been like like with them? Yeah. So before I even knew what Truck stuff was, I remember I was at a practice my freshman year of high school. Um, Freshmen still young to the team, new to the team, and we had a couple coaches. Um, and one of my coaches was uh, talking to another and was like, 
yeah, like Jacques good. Like I think he can make truck stop. And I was like, truck stop. What is that? It doesn't sound like a real team. Like, I don't know. Is that, is that something I want to aspire to? And so I didn't know what it was, but you know, it stuck in the back of my head. And then a couple years later, uh, Rowan McDonald, who I believe was a guest on your podcast. Um, he very involved in the youth community in DC. I think that's one of Rowan's best. Honestly, that's why he's so connected with DC ultimate is because of the impact he has on youth communities. And he, um, he knew me through some camps and then he started coaching a, um, a, a team in the fall called disc city. And basically we had, uh, a DC team, a Maryland team, an Arlington team and a Fairfax team. Uh, and we played like a little tournament, you know, region, region versus region tournament in DC, DC won, and kind of my connection with Rowan started from there and Rowan, he's been my coach for a couple, couple years. Um, and him, and then a couple years later, Daryl Stanley, um, like found out, you know, I was interested in playing for, for the breeze. So I showed up to tryouts when I was, um, before I turned 18. So I wasn't technically old enough to play in the league, but you know, I showed up to tryouts, you know, played a little bit and, uh, basically they said, wow, like you're pretty good. Like we're gonna, we want you on the team, but we can't play you till you're 18. So basically for the first half of the year, um, I showed up, I filmed practice, um, and then after I turned 18, I, I made my debut and with a breeze and went from there. And then breeze kind of dovetailed into truck um, because we have so much overlap. It was a pretty easy integration into truck. So 2019, I was a practice player um, and then roster player every year after that. Yeah, big shout out to, to Rowan. You're right. He was on just last week. So make sure you go check out his episode, everyone out there. But that was one of my questions. Just your opinion of Rowan. Obviously, you spoke very highly of him there. Very talented player. And that's really impressive. You made the, the Breeze roster. You're involved in truck stop at a very young age before you could even play on the field. Did that ever feel overwhelming? What was like this involvement of you coming onto a team at a young age? I'm sure there's so many great veterans that were able to maybe give you a helping hand, just kind of embrace you and, and integrate you into this established culture, you know, truck stop and this new growing culture in the breeze what was it like such a young player out there on two pretty big teams with a lot of big names uh certainly there was an element of of like am i ready for this um but i think it was aided by like rowan's presence was helpful and also their tyler monroe was actually i don't know if he, he did not play breeze in 2019 but involved in truck and he was my ycc coach at the time so i knew tyler and um, there were people throughout who, uh, AJ Merriman, we entered the breeze same time, um, YCC teammate from the previous year. So I knew people on the team and I think it helped that I wasn't able to play at the start of that breeze season because it gave me, it's basically like when they, you know, they, they sit the rookie quarterback and have him wait behind the second, wait behind the, you know, the vet for, for, uh, for a year. That's kind of, it kind of felt like that's what I was doing, um, with the breeze. Um, obviously not by choice, but. Um, I think filming practice and then, you know, rewatching that practice tape helped me understand the offense so that I could hit the ground running when I started practicing. So my first game was against the Empire um, in D.C. And that game, that's honestly one of my favorite Frisbee memories, just because I remember feeling pretty free and and I don't I didn't I didn't remember feeling any pressure on my shoulders despite it being my first AUDL game or UFA game against a, a top tier opponent 
we ended up choking like a seven goal lead, but you know, <laughs> that's besides the point Babbitt put me on a poster one time. That's besides the point. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember, you know, having a blast and, and playing in front of my family and a bunch of friends who came out to watch. Um, and after I got past that first game, I was like, Oh, like it's kind of easy. It's easy when the field's, you know, 10 yards wider. Um, and kind of my comfort in the DC, in the DC ultimate scene grew from there. That's exciting. And you put yourself in a situation with very talented players, right? You tend to rise to the occasion and that forces you to be better as well. And it exposes you to different styles of play, different, you know, variants in the field, different matchups that you hadn't experienced before. So that's really cool. And talking about different things, I believe you also played for a team in France back in 2022, which is pretty cool and a little bit different. I would love to hear just so what's the story of how that happened. Yeah, so that also goes back before, well, well before 2022. Um, it was my junior year of high school, and the application to apply for the U.S. U20 team had just come out, and I was like, this is good. I'll do this. I'll apply for the U.S. team. And in the process of applying for the U.S. team, I was like, like I wonder if France has a team. Like, do they, like, do they also go to this tournament? So I looked up their website, um, and sure enough, they had a team, found their coach, um, and I remember making a four and a half minute highlight video of myself playing. So it was mostly like freshman year and sophomore me highlights that I tried to edit in a cool way to make me look really good that I sent over to him um, and said, like, this is me. I play ultimate in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm trying out for the U.S. team, but I'd also love to, um, you know, try out for the French team if, if that opportunity, you know, if that you know, comes to be. Um, ended up trying out for the U S team, didn't make it, but the French team, the French coach was very happy to, to have me come try out. So I spent my spring break junior year going to France. I stayed, um, in a small town called Blois for a week, um, and did some tryouts on either end of, of that weekend. And so did two days of tryouts, made the team. And then rejoined the team in Canada for the World Junior Ultimate Championships, uh, which we took third in. It was the best performance at a U20 event that the French Open team had ever done to that point, at least. Since then, they've they've taken silver, hopefully gold in the future. Um, so my experience with the French team started in 2018, and then from there, I got I got to know a lot of the young stars in France who are around my age, and a lot of those people went on to play for this club team, Czech which uh, I joined in 2022 as they were preparing for the WUCC in Cincinnati. So I had some connections and they basically said, would you want to pick up with us for the tournament? Well, all you got to do is come to Windmill and then come to WCC. I was like, that sounds great. So played in two tournaments with them in 2022, had a blast, played with uh, Alexandra Fall, my uh, truck and breeze teammate. And he also speaks French, so the two of us, we we joined in for, for that 2022 year and, and had a blast and hope to be able to do it again. That's cool. What a what a great experience to just play with a very different team, traveling around the country, yeah. the world. That's that's awesome. And would you just share for, you know, for those out there, you know, you're talking about how you play for DC and Truck Stop and Brown, but then you get to play for France. How does that work with, Obviously, you have your French heritage, but what's the type of requirements that are required for you to be able to play for a different country? I don't, at least the requirement that I satisfy is that um, I'm a French citizen. So um, I obtained my French citizenship in order to play for the French national team. So uh, 
I guess, you know, I didn't, I didn't have my French citizenship until I needed to. And then I was like, okay, I need this. All right, cool. Um, and there are some other rules about which national teams you can play for. Um, but those rules have shifted in recent years, I believe, due to some, you know, questionable uh, pickups at, at previous international events. Um, but I believe there, there's a way to play on a national team that does not require citizenship, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure about that. But uh, yeah, my mother's French, um, spoke to French to me in the household, so I grew up hearing it, um, speaking it a little bit too, not as much as I should have, I think. But um, I try to, you know, I get, I, get, I get my reps in over the course of the year. I like it. That's, again, just a great experience and grows. It, I think you grow up in a, a cultural experience like that. You get to play Frisbee, but also embrace your French heritage. So it's a win-win, I think, there. And Indeed. talking to so many people on this on this podcast, everyone typically kind of says that you go somewhere else to a different city, different region, or in this case, even a different country, and you play Frisbee. And people talk about there's these different styles of play that you tip, typically see. Have you would come across, you know, playing in France or for the French team or playing with DC or truck stop. Have you picked up any of these different styles and have said, yeah, these are really cool. And these things have aided me as I brought them back to my college team or just have you had these really helpful takeaways and these experience they've been able to in turn use at Brown? Uh, that's a good question. Um, certainly uh, there have been different styles on, on the teams that I've played for. Um, I think going to France, playing on the French national team was probably the most, um, you know, glaring difference in terms of style between how I thought of Frisbee before and how I experienced it on that team. There in France, there was a lot more quick horizontal movement, um, more give and goes, I think, generally more like passes per possession. And uh, so I had experience playing that system and slowly truck stop started to, you know, go down that path of, of, of small ball and, and basically just, you know, valuing possession above all else. And, you know, if you possess the disc for, if you throw like 99% passes, one of them will score eventually. Um, and I think Brown employs similar, um, has similar principles in terms of offense. We also play, um, a lot of small ball, especially once you get near the end zone. Um, I'd say the difference between the main difference between Brown and truck is that Brown tends to lean, lean on our star players more so than we do in club, which makes sense. I think given in college talents, a little less, a little more varied from top of the roster to the bottom of the roster and in club, you know, everyone's, everyone's talented, everyone's got skills. So it makes sense to use everyone's skills and not, not tire any one individual out. So, um, yeah, certainly different styles. And I appreciate whenever I go to France, I, I get to play that different style. Like when I played with Czech in 2022, I think I made more deep cuts than I had in an entire year at, at Brown. So like, um, you know, it's helpful to play in different styles as well for my personal growth as a player. I think you're so right there. We had on Connor McHale, he plays in the UK. And this past season, he played for Machine, Chicago Machine. And he, he's just shared these differences playing in the UK and the European scene and playing over here in the club scene. And he said he felt he walked away from this club scene. He grew so much as a player and he's able in turn to bring that back to your team. So I think you're in a great position to do likewise. You've had such a wide experience and then you're able to, to give in turn. And it goes back to leaving a mark, leaving an imprint and 
I think you're you're po- poised to do that, and you have done that. So that's that's really powerful. It's really empowering, I think. And right, we've kind of covered. You play for the Breeze. You play for Truck Stop. You played over in France. You play in college. It's a whole lot of ultimate. And I think people out there are probably thinking, how do you do that? How do you find balance in this? Have you not got burnt out? Like, how's your body doing with all this ultimate? I mean, I think that's kind of the secret sauce right there is that I've been remarkably durable for these past four years. Honestly, my, my, my whole life, I've been, I've been very, very lucky in terms of injuries and staying healthy. Uh, I don't believe I've missed a practice or a game due to injury since my early in my freshman year of college. So these past four years, I've been playing um, almost as much as I can and and have been able to you know bounce around between competition levels um without you know without my body ever feeling like it was doing too much um i do think part of that's maybe due to my play style um as an offensive handler i probably run less than certainly less than a lot of defenders um and i also think i've gotten pretty good at at being economical in my movements you know trying to preserve my energy when I need it, when I need it. Um, but can still like turn on the jets and, and, and do some give and goes, follow my throws. Um, if we really need a point, but I've certainly been remarkably healthy. I hope that's, that keeps up. Um, and I think it is just like all that playing is basically my main method to get better. I don't necessarily consider myself a workout warrior or someone who spends a ton of the time in the gym. And like, if there's an opportunity to play, like I want to go play. So I'll often, I might not even, you know, lift that much over the course of a whole summer, but, you know, I'm playing three practices, four practices a week. Maybe I'll get in a workout with my, with my, with my high school friends who I still, they're my, they're my most consistent workout buddies whenever I'm home. Um, so, you know, the more you play, the better you get is kind of my, my thinking. And uh, luckily my body's been able to, you know, allow me to play as much as I have these past four years. Now, a lot of talented players out there have usually shared that they've, you know, watched a lot of film, they've studied the game, and they look up to certain players that have kind of been an inspiration or helped them grow in this sport. Have there been particular players that you've looked up to that have helped you out in your in your development as a player? Um, I wouldn't say I had one singular, you know, ultimate role model growing up. I mostly was kind of, I think I mostly focused like one step ahead, like, all right, you know, how do I get better at the high school level? How do I get better at the college level? Um, but when I got to college, um, Brown had just come off a championship in 2019, and I was joining the team in the fall of 2019, um, looking to, you know, play a role and hopefully another successful season. Um, but Brown had just lost Mac Hecht, who was their main handler and main thrower. Um, and early on in the year, I got the sense that um, I was going to be in a role to – um, replace some of Mac's production. And so pretty early on, I started looking back at 2019 film and watching Mac and seeing how he dissected defenses with his throws, um, with his over the tops, especially entering college, throwing hammers was, was not my thing at all. And then I basically watched Mac play and saw, you know, the benefit and the use of, of his hammers. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta develop this throw if I want to, if I wanted to do it like he did. Um, and then Matt came back and coached us at uh, in the 20 fall 2021 series, which was um, very helpful um, for my like for me personally. Um, helped me, you know, read defenses and and talk through, you know, throw choices, what I was looking at. 
Um, so I'd say Mac is probably the uh, the biggest, you know, ultimate role model that I've had. Um, big shout out to that, Mac, yeah. Big shout out to Mac. Big shout out to Mac. Love it. That's that's so critical. Yeah, I like that idea. Is you're constantly pushing ahead. Is like, how can I elevate my game to this next step? How can I impact the the play, the field? I like that. That's I think it's really it's a good character trait to have as an individual and as a player. But now that you're in your senior year at Brown, that college time is sadly coming to an end. Looking ahead, what are your hopes for the sport? What's this next chapter for you? I do think that there is another level that I can get to in terms of my uh, UFA and club seasons. I've participated, I've basically participated in like half seasons with both um, because I don't return to DC until, until June. So I miss about half the ADL season or half the UFA season. I guess I get there for about the club for the beginning of the club season, but then I'm off, I'm often gone at the end of the club season because I go back to Brown. Um, so, you know, Next year, when I'm no longer in school, I'll be able to experience a full off-season and experience a full UFA and club season, which I think will help me um, help me buy in fully into those teams and to the off-fields, you know, activities that go on. Because I do think I miss out on a lot of the 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 culture setting and the and the team and the team environments that happen, you know, outside of competition because I'm so focused on college while I'm here. So I look forward to that. Um, and I also look forward to continuing to play at the international level. Um, had two years with the French national team, one year with the U.S. national team. And uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll be trying out for the USA WUC team. They'll be competing in Australia later this year. So looking forward to those tryouts. Um, often it feels like there's, you know, another competition right around the corner. Um, especially in college, you get that. But even outside of college, with the um, multiple number, multiple um, number of international events, like there's always something else to look forward to. And as long as I'm healthy, I'll, I'll, you know, look to play as much frisbee as I can. So, you know, a lot of good. Oh, absolutely, a lot of good to look forward to there. A lot of exciting things. And if you could give a piece of advice to somebody piece of advice of how to compete on the big stage what would you share this might sound basic but i'll say throwing i mean throwing is is my i'd say signature skill it's it's what i'm best at and i also think it's the most important skill in the sport Um, if you can't throw you likely won't won't make the field and if you the only reason you you will make the field is if you can get insane blocks and to me that seems harder than throwing so um i'd recommend you go out and throw and especially, you know, I've seen a growth in um, like creative throws over the course of the last five years. Um, I certainly use a lot of, you know, angles and over the tops and, and, and I throw with a lot of speed, I think. So I think it's also inco- important to incorporate um, not just, you know, the standard flicks and backhands, but also, you know, throw some blades, see if you can get comfortable with some scubers um, because, if you get comfortable with those and the defense isn't ready, that's a that's an easy weapon to use on a consistent basis. Dang, I appreciate it. Get out there and get throwing. Get your reps in. Um, but yeah, Jacques, this kind of brings us to close this interview. I just want to open it up, though. Is there anything else you'd like to share? To any high schoolers listening, um, I can assure you that Brown has the best player development in the country. Um, our head coach, Jake Smart, is the best in the country. 
um, recently unemployed. Now he gives his life and, and everything else he owes to BMO. Um, and behind him and our other assistant coaches, John Stout and Nate Taylor, um, it's, it's a great spot if you want um, a combo of, of academics and, and great Frisbee. Um, if you're interested, you can always reach out to me. Um, I'll let you know what's up. Come visit. The team will always let you come play if you come visit. Um, so, yeah, come to Brown. I love it. A lot of plugs, a lot of shout outs this episode. <laughs> I love it. Show it to Brown. <laughs> this is great. But, Zox, thank you so much for, for your time, for your, sharing your story, and really just wishing you the best of luck this in this spring semester. And just hope you guys bring home the hardware. Once again, just thanks for being here. Great. Thank you, David. Of course. And as always, make sure you check out the Breakside Instagram at Breakside underscore podcast. And this brings us to the end of episode 38. This is David Adamitis. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.